Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The New York Fed just announced credit card debt hit $1.13 trillion. And while the nation's credit card debt is at an all-time high, yours does not have to be. Here's a little secret. Your home value is still likely higher than it was when you actually bought it. So why not put that equity you built to work and use it to pay off those high-interest credit cards? Go to SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did we mention skipping your next two house payments? That's right. No house payments for two months. Let the team at Save with Conrad run the numbers and see what's possible for you. Give them a call at 888-425-0105 or go to www.savewithconrad.com today. NMLS number 32416, equal housing lender, savewithconrad.com. Words are about to be spoken on the extreme life of Matt Hardy, presented to you by the ad-free shows and podcast Heat Networks. I'm John Alba. That is the broken one, the woken one, the spoken one himself, Mr. Matt Hardy. What's up, man? Coming to us from the Hardy Compound again. Hardy Compound again, yeah. We got a little streak going on here. I like it. Uh, it's all right. You know, I uh, I just uh, about 45 minutes ago, I did my cold plunge today and uh, still warming up a little bit, the extremities. Uh, was out there today with Maxwell and uh, and Gothic Baby, so it made for a fun experience. It always does. They're always intriguing. But yeah, it's all good, man. All good here, hanging with the family, having a great time in lovely North Carolina. It's warm today. It's going to get up to almost 60 degrees, which is wild. I'm just going to be real with you, man. I'm I'm going to I'm going to put this out up front here. Your wife threw you under the bus on TikTok and Insta for your sushi order. Uh, the other day, what the hell were you eating, man? You, she, bro, that's her she, favorite place now. Don't, well, don't. It, she, she's wor- she's working the gimmick. Her sushi looked great. I liked what she ordered. Of course, it was. What the hell did you order? A, a, a cheeseburger sushi roll? Are, are you are, bro? What? That's the gimmick. And I was going to ask you this. It's funny you brought this up, which I'm <laughs> glad you did because Max will love the place, and she did. She said, "Oh my god, we have to come back here." Uh, it's called Cowfish. And oh, it, cowfish, it, cowfish. That's uh, there's one in Orlando. Is, yeah, it's City Walk in Orlando. Yep. So, have you been there? I have. Okay, now that now you're sounding hypocritical. You say you've been I didn't there. Say, <laughs> I didn't say I ate this cheeseburger sushi. <laughs> I Bro, I mean that, that's that's part of the allure, right? It's part of the attraction. You know, you, you you go there and you try their specialties and whatnot. It it was amazing. That it was it was a a bacon cheeseburger sushi roll with like little bits and it, it was incredible. The the uh. The, the other one that I got, which was a barbecue roll, which had barbecue, it had barbecue sauce, it had 
caramelized onions. It had bacon and it had some coleslaw on top too. It, it was good. It wasn't as good as the cheeseburger roll was. It, the cheeseburger roll was dynamic. Like it, it was magnificent. The other <laughs> thing was good. It, it, they were all, each one was like a small bite of a yummy cheeseburger or a small bite of a good, like barbecue sandwich. So they, they, they were intriguing. And I, so she had an appointment yesterday. It ended up taking a little longer. She was in there for like 90 minutes. Max was like, do we need to go in and like check on her? Like, Oh my God, is she okay? And I had plenty of time to like look around what was going on. I found this place. It sounded very unique. I only saw three. I saw there's one in Orlando. There's one in Raleigh and there's one in Charlotte. And uh, I said, Oh, this is, this is cute. And I saw the reviews. I saw the, the scenery in there. And I said, Oh, she'll like this. I think. So we ended up going there and she was like very, she was very frustrated when she got out of this appointment because it was so long as it was. And then like once we got there, she's like, oh my God, this is whatever. And then by the end, it was her favorite new place. And it's going <laughs> to be a regular stop of the Hardys now once we're in Again, hers looked great. Her, she got, it looked like spicy tuna or spicy salmon of sorts. Like that looked good. I, the cheeseburger. And now that you mentioned it's cowfish, I remember that cowfish does have that. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure your buddy Josh Eisenberg and I went there one time. I'll tell you, man, that is, I, I messaged Rebby. I said, I think you married a hick. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there cheeseburger sushi i don't know was it in rice uh it, it had it had a little thing of rice around it and then on the outside of that it had like a uh, fried potato-ish bread which it, 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 it's, it's still good you know okay don't 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 hate it till you try it. I, I will not knock it until I try it. I just don't know if I'll be trying it. That's the thing. You know? <laughs> but, life, life, life's too life's too short now to take a risk. I mean, you know, look individually. I like those two things. I love sushi. I love a good cheeseburger. Well, well, see, they also they have this magnificent menu of burgers. Every kind of burger you want. That I know. Everything. That I know. They have a lot of yeah, burgers. It's just, yeah. And they do. They have a magnificent menu of sushi as well. But then they have like this hybrid. They have like five or six items that are like hybrid items of both. They have like bento boxes, you know, of like with burgers and sushi in it. So it's like, I, I wanted to, I wanted to try. I wanted to uh, explore. I wanted to try. I wanted to kind of step out of my comfort yeah. zone a little bit try something new. Okay. Well, Extreme Life Faithful, let us know either in the YouTube comments or tweet at us at Matt Hardy Pod. Let us know if you would try cheeseburger sushi. And if the caveat is I'd only try it with Matt Hardy, I understand. So, <laughs> maybe that's Just remember the cowfish burger and sushi bar. That's right. That's right. Yeah, there's one in Orlando at uh, CityWalk. Mm -hmm. there yeah, there's three. There's three. Charlotte, Raleigh, and Orlando. What, what right outside where you and Rebecca fell in love at Universal Studios. There you have it. So, there you go. Uh, maybe that's why it really hit, hit her in the soul. Or maybe she didn't even know that. She didn't know till afterwards it was in Orlando. So there you go. And she was she's like, "What is this place? I'm gonna have to like put this down on my map." And she saved it and everything else. And okay, and her favorites. And then she okay. made she if she puts a story out on something, then she she really likes it. Don't let her don't let her spin it like she's she's a oh no uh, she was not crapping on the restaurant. She was crapping on you which i guess I, that's her, that's her life that's uh, that's her life <laughs> welcome, that's to be expected. Welcome, welcome to our marriage that's that's all she does <laughs> yeah, my, my, my existence is to be is uh, my existence is for her to torture me and punish me throughout the rest of my life my mortal life yeah she'd probably say the same about you to be fair <laughs> she probably i'm sure she would i'm I'm, <laughs> I'm positive she would probably worse i'd probably said a lot more kind <laughs> well i guess 
Raleigh, Charlotte, Orlando, those are destination places. And Philadelphia is as well because the extreme life of Matt Hardy yes, is headed to Philadelphia WrestleMania weekend for not just one show, but as announced this week, two shows as well. The first one, this is for everyone, Friday, April 5th at 4 o'clock Eastern. The Sheridan, Philadelphia downtown where WrestleCon's going to be is hosting the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy live on stage. Matt Hardy will be discussing the TLC years. That is tables and ladders and chairs. Oh, my. Tables and ladders and chairs. Oh, my. It's going to be a great time. Very, very excited for this. For clarification, because I've had some people reach out to me, you do not need to have a WrestleCon ticket in order to attend this event. This is a separately ticketed event. MattHardyLive.com. Tickets just $25. If you are a WrestleCon super fan, you will have the option of having this show for free as well. But WrestleCon's a great spot for you because the Hardy Boys will be signing autographs and taking pictures at that as well. Uh, Matt, before we get into the second event, what else do you want to say about this one? Uh, I'm very excited for this one. It's going to be great. If you're at WrestleCon, which I know there's going to be a ton of people at WrestleCon, WrestleCon has grown into being one of the biggest attractions at WrestleMania weekend. It's going to be in the exact same hotel, so it's a really easy to get to joint. You don't have to drive 15 minutes away, 20 minutes away. You don't have to get an Uber. You don't have to rent a car. You don't have to do any of that. It's right there in the hotel. And we are going to be talking about the TLC years. One of my favorite topics, uh, a groundbreaking match that really put myself and my brother on the map. And I'm going to be sharing stories that I have never, ever told before. I'm going to be giving some of the inner details of the inner workings of these matches, how we put them together, some of the after effects of these matches and whatnot. And you are going to love this conversation. It's going to be very fan interactive. There's going to be a Q&A. And this is going to be an absolutely uh, amazing discussion about TLC. It is going to be. And you are going to be covering triangle ladder match tlc1 tlc2 and even the forgotten tlc3 which you can find in our archives extremehardy.com it's going to be an awesome night you never know who's going to show up and again just 25 dollars. that is for everyone so anyone can come to the show but matt hardy we also added something extra for that very evening this is going to be the busiest evening in the history of the extreme life of matt hardy because then we're going to head across the river onto the jersey side Mm -hmm. going to meet across the river, as one Bruce Springsteen would say. And we are going to head over to the world-famous Monster Factory at 9 o'clock. And what are we doing there? At the Monster Factory, we're going to be... Uh... We're going to be blazing a new trail in the podcast world because we're actually going into the monster factory and if you are part of the monster factory you are welcome to come in if you are in the pro wrestling industry if you're in the business at any capacity you are invited to come what we are doing that night is i am literally going to be sitting down and giving an in life seminar about the professional wrestling business the ins the outs insight into how to make it insights into what i do in my matches insight into how to be successful and how to attain success in pro wrestling and uh whatever questions these people want to ask me i am going to be an open book anything they ask me i am going to answer and i'm going to do one of my favorite things to do and that is give back to the next generation yeah, this is going to be a really cool show and we will be recording it for release for a podcast as well but this is yes. going to be open just to people in the wrestling industry so if you're a monster factory student you're going to get to go to this for free if you are a talent if you are on the indies if you're a promoter if you're a manager if you're a commentator and you want to learn from matt and get a chance to ask him questions about the industry 
$15. Information is available at johnalbasfc at gmail.com. You can email me for that, and uh, we'll, we'll make sure that you get there. I know there's a ton of indie wrestlers who are going to be in the area for WrestleMania week. If you're not working a show that night, come on over. Just 15 bucks. I mean, normally seminars like this run like 60 to 100 bucks to get a chance to speak or listen to uh, someone of Matt's caliber. So for just $15, you come on over and you'll have a chance to ask Matt anything you want to about the industry and making it or character work or promos or in-ring work. I mean, literally anything you want to about pro wrestling. This is a really unique event that we're partnering with Danny Cage over at the Monster Factory for. So head on over to the Monster Factory, 9 o'clock, if you are involved in the wrestling industry. This is unfortunately an event that is not open to fans. However, everyone will get a chance to watch it when we put it out on the podcast. But that's why we're doing the show earlier in the day over at the Sheridan, because that will be open to everyone where you will have a chance to listen to the great stories about the TLC years. I know you've talked a lot about anytime we do an Ask Matt anything, we always get asked about you opening up a training school or wanting to get into yeah. coaching or training. I, I feel like there's going to be a little peek into that side of you. It, it, it absolutely is. Uh, I gave everyone else a little peek of this too recently as I was training the kiddos. They were out in my <laughs> ring in the dome deletion. But yes, it, it is It is something that I see in my future. And uh, as I've said many times before, as far as my active in-ring career, uh, there's much more behind me in the rearview mirror than there is in front. But whenever I step out of the ring and I, I retire for good, I'm very excited to give back to the next generations, give back to the future, and like uh, pass along the information that so many have so kindly taught me and I, I want to genuinely give that back and do all that I can to help the business grow and be better, be as good as possible. Once the skills have completely deteriorated, Once you got to have completely deteriorated. You got to have something that'll be snapped away mm -hmm. like Thanos dust mm -hmm. there. But uh, yes. head on over guys, the monster factory in Paulsboro, New Jersey, right across the river. It's probably about 15, 20 minutes from where WrestleMania is. Uh, they're going to be having a ton of events there that weekend as well. Matt, have you ever been in the monster factory? I have not. This is going to be a first for me. So this is this is cool. And, and I'm, I'm glad they're letting me in there because the last time we did my deterioration meter, you had me at 84%. So I'm glad actually Danny and the Monster Factory are going to let me in considering I'm 84% now. <laughs> it's an amazing facility that it's literally just a warehouse that they turned into a full-scale wrestling production facility. So it's, it. it's really, really cool. And I think you're going to enjoy it quite a bit. And I've been working there for over two years now, and, and it's going to be great. So that's going to be at the Monster Factory, 9 o'clock Eastern mm -hmm. on April 5th. 4 o'clock Eastern is where we're going to do our all-fans event at the Sheridan downtown. MattHardyLive.com is where you can get your tickets for that. We would love for you guys to show up to either of these. If you're a fan, show up to the first one. If you're in the industry, show up to the second one. It's going to be a night, an extreme night of Matt Hardy. That is for sure. It is. That we're is double booked, brother. We're doing the double shots. Triple like shot the, because you the, got WrestleCon the, during the day too. Well, it's a triple shot. You're right. Yeah, I'll be starting. I'll be signing in the morning from nine to two. I'll, I'll be up at six thirty working out. I'll be signing from nine to two. I'll be doing the podcast four to five thirty, and then from nine to ten thirty or whatever uh, to be determined. I will be doing uh, the podcast, uh, doing the AMA, the uh, in life in in uh, in real time seminar at the Monster Factory. It's going to be so much fun. And like I said, we're going to record it so you guys will get a chance to see it also. But why not get a chance to be there live if you're in the industry? Yes. I know we have a ton of wrestlers who listen to this podcast. So if you're in the industry and you're in the area, come on by, shoot us a note, and we'll make something happen. Uh, we'd love for you guys to be there and fill that up. And I'm super stoked for that, man. It's going to be too. 
Big, big, uh, big shout out. Big thanks to Danny and uh, Monster Factory for having us there. Thanks for Definitely having the stream so. life of Matt Hardy in your home. Definitely so. WrestleCon Monster Factory. Thanks for hooking us up there. Uh, okay, Matt. A couple news items want to get to this week here before we dive into a very cool topic, which is going to be about you winning the Cruiserweight Championship in 2003 for the first time 21 years ago. Uh, at no way out, which is Says absolutely wild. Says the net, yes. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the Sting promo from AW Dynamite that is leading us into the pay-per-view match with the Young Bucks. You know, Sting's a really unique character in that he wasn't a wrestling fan growing up. He was an athlete. We talked about this right. on our Sting episode available mm -hmm. in the archives. He was just good at it. He transitioned into it. And I feel like he was one of the few people who was able to separate work from his personal life in the wrestling industry. He did a really good job at that. Never let wrestling overshadow. Right. So when you saw Sting promos, they were never super impassioned in the way that we saw Wednesday night. And I almost feel like if this was the last Sting promo we're ever going to see, this might have been one of the best ever and one of the most real and authentic where he combined yeah. his real life with his work life for the first time ever. What do you think of this promo? I, I thought it was really good. It was extremely captivating. I was watching it the whole while, you know, just wanting to hear what his next word, what, what his next line was. I, I thought it was was great uh, how he made that reference about no none of his enemies had ever put any hands on his actual blood before, and the Bucks had done that. And now he brought into the conversation about how his, in real life, real time, his, his dad had passed away. So, yeah, it was very emotional, very moving, and, and, and very much... I feel like when you heard that conversation, it, it really was a huge incentive to want to see that pay-per-view match and see his last match and see him succeed. What a main event that's going to be. It's doesn't have, you know, the world title on the line. <clears throat> you know, the outcome regardless is sting retiring, but it right. doesn't have me any less interested in. I cannot wait for this match. I'm so excited to see sting get this big send off. I think they've done a good job with, getting the Bucks heated up his heels. I know that's been a controversial take on the internet, on Elon Musk's X, but I... I've on the internet, but only on the internet. Well, we talked about the internet last week, by the way, social media mm -hmm. episode. Go check that out. But um, I've been I've been so excited for this man, and it seems like the Bucks are really having a good time in this role. Would you say that? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. They're, they're enjoying... I mean, they, I, I know right from the jump, they were working really hard to kind of carve out this role and figure out exactly who they were and how do we tweak our character so we still retain you know our the premise of what our characters are but now we're we're like these snobby evps and and we can kind of flex our power you know so they were really working hard to kind of carve it out and i think they i think they've got it down I, i'm i'm really proud of what they've done and i think they uh they've got something really unique and really special that they can run with for a while and I also love that Sting's promo made it very clear that this is not just going to be a match. It's going to be a fight. And that's a little sure. different than a lot of Young Bucks matches. Yeah, well, it just it, it sounded really, really personal. You know, now, now that they have personally attacked his blood, his family, you know, and he's just got a lot of things personally going on in his life. And just even the line, I loved how he did that throwback. Sometimes I feel invincible, but, you know, I realize I'm I'm older. I'm not invincible. But, you know, everything I have left in me, I'm bringing it that night. You know, it was, it was great passion from Sting. Very old school. I love it, too. Uh, AW did announce they're bringing in former WWE writer Jen Pepperman 
to the staff to be VP of content. Uh, what'd you think of this edition? I know I, I pinged you on this and it seemed like something that you felt could be a pretty big asset for AW. Uh, I, I worked with her when I went back to WWE in 2017, when I was there 2017 through 2020, got along good with her, interacted with her some and whatnot. I, I don't know her extremely well, but I do know her. And I, uh, I, I think it's very interesting. I think it's, it's, I think it's, it's a positive thing that Tony is bringing someone that has been in the WWE format and in the, the, the WWE writing room and the WWE structuring room to bring them in and, and give insight on AEW. I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a positive. Well, more than anything, there's two, two facets of it for me that stand out. Number one, I think having a woman in a high position of power is something that's probably needed in AEW you know add a little diversity on that front the women's division has come under a lot of scrutiny over the years in AEW so I think mm -hmm. having someone who's a little more in tune with that is always a good thing and on top of that you're changing the structure of how you're telling stories by putting a writer in a position like that and I asked this question I taped strict, strictly business with Eric earlier today as we record this and I asked him this question as someone who wasn't a wrestler, and I'm interested in your perspective, I mean, what is it like balancing the synergy of a wrestler and a Hollywood writer? Where does that cohesion come in? I feel like uh, a Hollywood writer can contribute good ideas. And I feel like it's the wrestler's duty for them to meet somewhere in the middle. And the wrestler still has to apply what he is like his character that you can't lose the essence of who you are. I think you can always apply it in, in different and in new directions, but you still have to keep the essence of who you are at your core. Uh, you have to stay real to that degree, but then you kind of tweak the character and you move it in whatever different directions you may, you, you know, you may, you may need to, or the, the directions you can move it into. So I, I, I think it, there has to be a synergy between them both. I think they both contribute ideas and then eventually uh, you have kind of like a uh, a session where people are brainstorming and then you kind of meet in the middle and you do things that work for both parties. And I feel like that's kind of what ha that has to be. It's like a mutual admiration society. Is it beneficial when you have one specific writer that you're working with all the time? Like we know famously, Brian Gewertz obviously partners with The Rock. He yeah. handled almost all The Rock's material, but he also worked extensively with Edging Christian and by proxy, you guys in that process. Mm -hmm. uh, he worked extensively with Kurt Angle. Is it helpful when you have some one writer in particular that you can go to and ping some things off of? I mean, I, I think so, just because it, it really helps with continuity. It helps with consistency, just because they know you inside out. And once someone is really linked to you and they know you inside out, it's it's easier for them to, like, understand the, the very uh, the very details, you know, that, that, that are important to you. It's very easy for them to understand the details of your story because they've been with your story the whole while. So I feel like, yeah, it's beneficial. I know, Jeff. And you worked with Freddie Prince pretty closely at different times too. So mm -hmm. that was one of you guys. Was Gewertz anybody else? I mean, obviously Michael Hayes, we know, but anyone else on that side that you worked super closely with over your career? Yeah, Gewertz. Uh, obviously, Michael. Anytime we've been at WWE, we worked closely with him. Uh, Ed Kosky, I, I worked with him a lot whenever we were back those last few years, especially doing like the Woken stuff uh, and, and a couple other guys. But it was usually pretty consistent, you know, because usually they have like, you know, like uh, the top few writers. Uh, this is at WWE, 
just for the record, they'll have the top few writers, and then there's a couple people underneath them, and then like usually, you know, the top writers like assign your deal, and then they'll have like kind of someone underneath them that like might work with you, you know, one on one, really, you know, in really great detail, and you can kind of bounce things off both of those guys. So yeah, uh, Ed Kosky, Brian Gewertz, Freddie Prince, Michael Hayes. Uh, th those are the people I would say that kind of stand out as the guys we probably worked with the most. I was just curious about how that structure worked and we'll see, we'll see what Jen brings into AW rumor and innuendo would insinuate that she, uh, she's got a good relationship with a little Monet. So I guess we'll find out in the near future how you're big business that, she likes yeah, to do. You're saying her, her big business was in the bag. That's that's what the rumor and innuendo is. Oh, there you have it. Okay. So I guess we'll find out sometime in the near future. I, I'm I'm hoping all the best for it. I I really would love to see the AW Women's Division grow, and I think they've done a good job so far this year. But you know, you got to start somewhere. The foundation has to be there. They've been doing more shows with multiple women's matches. I think they've kind of refocused the division around a certain few talent. Timeless Tony Storm, Deanna Perazzo. Um, I mean, Willow and Chris Statlander have a good story going with your boy Stankley right now. So uh, I guess <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Where, that's your boy. That's your boy. That's him. Stankley Hathaway. Tony Khan will pay for his crimes. <laughs> I think you should remind him every now and then that Maxwell did him dirty. <laughs> You gotta oh, remind yeah. him. I'll remind him. I'll, Max will hit him with a swanton. I can't even call it a crouton. I wish I could, but it was a swanton. That's right. It was good. It was good. <laughs> um, anything you can tell us real quick about Jeff? Uh, I know people keep asking how he's doing. Um, Jeff had x-rays. He officially has a broken nose, broken a couple places. So he's going to get that sent. And uh, that's pretty much all I have yep. to say as far as an update goes. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, I know a guy. If he needs it. So oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you know a guy. I can help him out. Can help and, him I, out. And, I, and I also, if you're listening to this on Friday or Saturday morning, I want to remind everyone that this Friday night, Jeff is going to be playing in Ashland, Kentucky. And then on Saturday, myself and Jeff, we're going to be at Time Warp in the Ashland, Kentucky Mall. Uh, we are going to be there from 11 to 2, maybe 11 to 3, if the, the line is overwhelming, which we hope. But we are going to stay there, and we are going to meet, greet, and delete every single person that shows up. Love it. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Good stuff there, Matt Hardy. We're talking about your Cruiserweight Championship win on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. But first, please hit us with that Matt Fact. Matt Fact. Matt has a very potent immune system. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Potent. How so? It's potent. It's powerful. I rarely get sick. Just notice that even, even my, my wife, my, my wife just did get sick yesterday and last night and just, you know, like with weather changes and stuff like that, when the weather fluctuates a lot, but it, I just, I, I rarely hardly ever get sick. And I think there's a lot of things I do just being a, you know, a, a country boy from the middle of the forest that kind of uh, helps, uh, uh, helps push that forward. You've ingested your fair share of bacteria over the years. You damn right I have. <laughs> Proud to say some, I have too. Some of it incidentally, some of it, whatever the legend fed you that night for dinner. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> that immune system, that immune system's built up. It's getting strong. I'm fighting off some sort of cold or whatever right now. And I'm like, you saw me, I was popping some DayQuil before this and they were like dino pills. And I was like, I can't, yeah. I just, cause well, you know, with what I do for a living, like, you can't be sick. Like you can't be right. sneezing on air. You can't right. be doing any of that. So it's in your, your, I mean, your throat has to be okay. Your yeah, voice has absolutely. to be okay. Absolutely. So I mean, especially when that's your money maker, right? The, the moment I start feeling something coming on, I load up Jump on, on yeah. OTC. So. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all right, Matt, let's get into this fun period of your career. One of the time periods where you really started to come into your own as a performer, I feel like. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we've covered your descent into madness, into the V1 character in the past here on the extreme life of Matt Hardy. So let's rewind things to uh, about January 2003. You've turned heel. You've done your work with Brock and The Undertaker. How are we trying to get the machine behind Matt Hardy now? And, and what's the general consensus from the office on how this heel turn is going? Um. The general consensus was that they liked it because Vince was a fan of it, which was great. You know, if you had in these days, if you had Vince on your side and he was behind you, then everybody else was behind you and thought it was cool. But there were still uh, there was a little bit of turmoil with me there. This is WCW was still relatively new coming over. And I was slated after the whole Brock and Undertaker program where I, I really stepped out you know, of, uh, from the Hardys. And I really, uh, established myself on my own as a heel as Matt Hardy version one, the sensei of magnitude. And, and Vince wanted to put me into something good. And the original plan was I was going to hurt Ray Mysterio. And then I was going to work a program with the babyface edge, which was going to be kind of meant to elevate me a little bit. Cause he'd been already started, uh, becoming an elevated singles star, you know, the, the year prior. So during the course of that, something changed john laurinitis he wanted to give the spot to a train instead as a heel and then there was like an internal fight a little bit within the creative forces and then he ended up selling vince on the a train thing and then vince said well you know they they gave me some good reasons for doing this he said but don't worry i'm going to take care of you we're going to look around we're going to see what you have for you and then he even pitched he said what if we did a thing where in a very entertaining in a very entertaining way, you're trying to lose all this weight. You become a crazy uh, a cruiserweight, and then you become the cruiserweight champion. Where it's kind of like a, even a bullshit thing. Like you're not even, 
you know, not even under the weight limit all necessarily, you know, we're kind of, we kind of play on that, that, you know, you're a little too heavy, but you, you make the weight one time and then you end up being a cruiserweight champion. And then we get you into something uh, a little later, maybe with Ray Mysterio. And that is how the whole cruiserweight thing went down. I said, dude, I said, sign me up. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. I just want an opportunity. I want an opportunity to shine and, and, and be entertaining. So there's a lot to swallow there. Let's, let's start with a train. That's, that's a really interesting one because that's a pretty well-known story that John Laronitis was all in on the former Prince Albert, Mm -hmm. Albert becoming a train repackaging him and trying to push him as a monster heel. And it seems like they got cold feet on it. I mean, they paired him with big show at that year's WrestleMania and they lost in a handicap match to the undertaker. Essentially, technically, it wasn't a handicap match, but essentially it was. Uh, and and after that, the A-Train gimmick just kind of cooled off. What mm. was it about Matt Bloom that stood out to them, and, and why do you think it didn't work? I, I mean, I, I think his size, more than anything. Um, he probably had a good relationship with Johnny, because when they first came in, I was... Um, I was a little bit combative to some of some of the things that was suggested from WCW. I was like, well, I've been at, you know, WWE here and, and they kind of have a set way. And I, I kind of followed the system and the program. And this is what I'm doing. And then, you know, like Johnny and Fit Finley, there were a couple of things they suggested I do when I was a hill about, you know, not being too entertaining. But I knew at the end of the day, Vince wanted entertainment, even if you were a hill, right? You still do your things to get heat and whatnot. And and that caused a little friction. So there was a little bit of uh, a little friction between. Let me interject real quick. Those parties. Was, it, was it more that they wanted the more traditional like wrestling heel, would you say? Uh I think they were pushing me in a route to be more of a uh, of a serious hill that like didn't do entertaining stuff that just legit was trying to go out and just like get heat. When I I my, this was my mindset, so I, I left. Hardy Boys were as hot as we've ever been during those prior years before, right? So I'm still popular, and even when I first turned hill, even after turned on Jeff, I would still come out and get cheered against a lot of people. So I was like, I'm at that point still where I'm not like gonna be that kind of hill. So I think I can do stuff that's going to piss people off, that's going to get under their skin, but then I can still do stuff that's over the top, like delusional, talk about how great I am, you know, the whole Manitude version one concept in general. And uh, and it can be entertaining. And I know Vince is all about the entertainment aspect. So if I can get heat at the right time and then I can be entertaining at the right time, I think that's a combination that's going to work for me. And me, I'm already trying to fight from underneath because, you know, Vince already kind of saw Jeff as the guy who was going to be standout guy of the two of us, much like he saw Edge as the standout guy of the two of, you know, Adam and Jay. So I was going to do whatever I had to do to try and show everyone and prove myself like, dude, like I'm for real here. Let's go. And then I ended up obviously proving that I I was the guy, like when it was all said and done uh, of the two of us, especially Jeff was going through some troubled times in those days. uh, I, I definitely stood out as someone who was a commodity at that time. So why do you think Matt Bloom didn't work in that role? Because we know Matt Bloom right now, he's the head of NXT. He's in a huge role for WWE and developmental. So why did he not translate as a wrestler itself? I mean, I don't know specifically. I mean, it it could be one of those things. If you do one bad performance or a couple bad performances and Vince sours on something or he doesn't like something you do. I mean, that can kind of sink the ship. It, it could be one of those scenarios. Do I know specifically why he didn't? No, I don't. Uh, he was a big guy. He was a, a, a great guy. I always got along great with him. I enjoyed 
the programs that uh, we had with, you know, TNA with uh, Test and Albert, you know, working with those guys. I, I was in the dojos with Matt. So I always got along good with Matt and it was nothing personal against Matt. It was just more of a, a, a Johnny, a, a Johnny H John Laurinaitis issue, you know, yeah. because he really pushed hard. He kind of undercut me. I feel like whenever it came to me having that program against Adam and I thought I would have done great in that because we have great chemistry in general. So who comes up with the alternate plan of having you do the cruiserweight run? I don't know if it specifically came from Vince, but I know Vince is is the one who threw it out there. And as soon as he threw it out there, like I don't, I, I feel like Michael talked to me about it a little bit as well. And I know I feel like it was a Vince idea initially, but like Michael said, I don't know, there could be something good here. He said, I wouldn't look at this as a demotion. I said, No, I don't. I, I don't look at it as a demotion. I said, I look at this as a challenge. And he said, That's it. That's it. That's the way to think but of it. But isn't it fair, and I'm going to play advocate here, isn't it fair yeah. to argue that at that time in that prism, it could be viewed as a demotion because we know Vince did not put any investment whatsoever into the cruiserweights or the light heavyweights. It was not a priority for him whatsoever. So isn't it easy to look at it as a demotion or viewed through that sort of prism? Sure. I mean, you could, but once again, uh, me being the ultimate optimist, I was like, this is an opportunity and this is leading to something with Rey Mysterio. Who's like an over dude. And the goal was to get the cruiserweight title on Rey Mysterio. So that's like the most serious, you know, uh, most serious take you could probably put on the cruiserweight division, I would say. So if I knew I was going to be in that mix, uh, I was like, okay, this is a challenge. Not only do I, not only am I going to look at this not as a demotion, I'm going to look at this as like an opportunity to go out here and like do some good shit and like change sure. the game. Well, and, and, and there were a lot, there like were a lot of good really talent good. too, a lot of good talent in that division at the time. Like especially a lot of those people from WCW who came over. Uh, we're going to watch this match. It's you and Billy Kidman. Billy Kidman's one of the best cruiserweights of that era. So mm -hmm. it's not like there isn't a shortage of talent for you to work with. But at this time, you're paired with someone who you know a lot about and at some point we'll really dive into this long form but it's your old pal shannon moore who you've known since he was eight years old and you get right. a chance to work with him on the main roster how do you remember that coming about where he becomes your personal mfer the matitude follower so initially shannon and shane they came over right as part of three count that was the last gig they were doing at uh at wcw before it was shut down and bought by wwe and then Shane had kind of already started finding his own way as the hurricane. He had the hurricane deal going, and that was something that Vince had a lot of input on, and Vince dug it, and he thought it was entertaining. And Shane was the, the right guy to do it. If you're going to do a comic book character, there's nobody better in the world than doing it with Shane Helms because he knows everything about comic books, and he's an actual legitimate fan, right? So they're doing that. Uh, hurricane is off and running. Whenever I start turning heel, I we lean into my real life relationship with these guys. You know, I've been best friends with Shane for many years. I grew up with Shannon. We've been great friends. And whenever I started turning heel and doing Mattitude, after I turned on Jeff, I came to SmackDown. There was a time where they were getting jumped in the ring by a few guys. Bob Holly came out and cleared the ring. And then after he cleared the ring, my music hit and I came in and I fired up on all corners. And I was like, you guys are welcome. I'll always have your back. You, you, you guys are so welcome. I saved you. Don't worry about it, but let's, let's, let's celebrate this. And I like put them underneath and have them lift me up on my shoulders. Right. Let's have a party in my own honor. That was what Matt Hardy version one was all about. And then because they didn't really have anything to do with Shannon and like he wasn't booked at TVs every week and whatnot. So then I almost asked Vince and creative. I just said, let, let me do something with him. Let 
him be like my minion where, you know, I'm like going to tutor him and help him get to the next level. And I can be his mentor, which is something kind of like plays off our real life stuff as it is. I said, and then while, whilever I'm mentoring him, I'll take advantage of him and I'll make him my total underling. I'll make him my minion. And I think we can get some good TV out of it. Okay. So he becomes your Mattitude follower. Who comes up with the Mattitude follower concept? That, that, that was mine. Uh, the whole thing I wanted to say was you are my MF or Mattitude follower. That is just, you know, just trying to do plays on things that w- w- people would remember. That yeah. was catchy. If you're saying someone's an, an MF or, but they're not the MFR you're thinking, they're a Mattitude follower. And there's sure. no greater honor than to follow Mattitude. Sure. Because Mattitude, Mattitude was like a religion, right? It was almost right. like a religion. And you bring these people in like it's a cult or whatever. No, and it, and it does happen that way. And like we we watched the Royal Rumble 2003 last year. And Shannon's so great in that match with you where he's, right. he's really an essential part of that act. And you guys start coming up with this concept, as you alluded to, of trying to lose weight to get to the cruiserweight limit. And was it 205 at the time? I, I feel like that's what it was. I feel like okay. it was, was 205. I, I think it was 205 because my, my, my legit shoot weight, as they say in wrestling, my legit shoot weight was like right around 218, 219, 220. I did try and doubt down some. At that time, I, I, I went about 225 typically. And then I feel like I got down to, you know, like anywhere between 217 and 220, you know, but then we played it up to be 205. So do you, did you put a lot of personal work in to try to make it more believable? I I did. I mean, I, I I did. I mean, even like I, I, I did a deal where I tried to diet pretty, pretty strictly at that time, just to make it look like I was losing weight. Obviously I wasn't going to be losing that much weight, but I was also very driven, right? Because it was my opportunity to prove myself. Uh, away from Jeff on my own. So I was very motivated. I was very driven. I was very focused on what I was doing. And, and, and it, it was, it was, it was looking back at it. It was like a lot of fun, but I was very, very motivated. And I almost feel like that same point right now, the way I'm driven to do things a little bit different, just to get in the best shape that I can and, and to be as good as I can at this point, just like, hold up, you guys are sleeping on me. And like, I'm not done yet. I promise you, I am not done yet. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was very important to me, and I did put a lot of work into what I was doing as a character and as a performer to make it look as realistic as possible. When did you realize that this was all starting to click and the crowd was starting to take to it? Just, I, I mean, there there was one point I think I'd, I'd I'd addressed this already in one of our old podcasts where you know I was doing the V1 hand sign and Stephanie said, Hey, you need to stop doing that. Like people stop doing this. No, stop seeing this V1. Like, I don't think people are gonna do that. But the more and more I saw people doing this when I was coming out over and over, and then like I would get out of my car as I'm walking to the building at a house show, like V1, you know, like I saw it was catching on. And 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 that was really the first thing. It's like, hold up, I'm doing something different where they're not going, oh, you know, it's it's not extreme it's not the adrenaline junkies it's not the the daredevils i'm doing something different that i kind of created and and i see it working now and then like once i i started doing all the dotting stuff and we did the over the top vignettes where i was wearing like the the actual sweatsuit and then i pass out in a match with ray mysterio and then we do one where to make weight i have to get totally naked which for the record i did get totally naked in that scene which is so crazy uh just as they were shooting it uh the the 
it, it was fun and, and, it, and it was telling a story it was something different it's something i never really had to do before as one of team extreme the hardy boys right and then like once i won the title from billy kidman the initial plan was for me to go to wrestlemania and just be like a transitional champion and be like a big strong hill opponent for Rey mysterio so that it would make him look better in winning but like as we went on from no way out to wrestlemania vince was so into what i was doing he changed the finish of wrestlemania on ray I don't know if I've ever said that on here, but uh, Ray was initially going to win at WrestleMania and he changed it to me winning. And he said, we have Ray win it later, much like the TLC match <laughs> that I always complain about in Raleigh. You know, so we ended up, uh, we ended up going to Anaheim though. So we won close to Ray's hometown, uh, a couple hours north of San Diego. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Ended up evening out. In yeah. the end, I want to ask you about those little bits that you just mentioned where you're wrestling in sweatsuit, getting naked. I mean, who's coming up with this? And I feel like there's a story there with you having to get naked and tape it. So please give us some sort of insight on this here. Yeah, it, it was uh, <clears throat> literally um, it was my idea to have to do this to make weight that I, I've done this. I've worked so hard, but I'm like barely doing it. And it's just like still as a hill still kind of bullshitting. I can't, I haven't quite made my weight. I'm supposed to be 205, right? But I like having my clothes on and I'm like 206.5 or 206.4. It sounds like a discussion today. Sometimes I get naked in the morning when I weigh myself nowadays just to like see how low I truly am. Uh, and and that, that was one of my original ideas. And we were talking about the way we were going to shoot this and do this and how it was going. So, oh, you know, if like we do this and you have like your underwear on and then we like pull the underwear down, like it would give a greater effect. So that's fine. We, we can do that. Uh, and I, I, I was cool doing that, and it was shot in a in a very respectable way too. So uh, no one no one was in there. It was a very limited crew. The camera guy, audio guy, uh, we did it, and we knocked it out real quick. No management in there, just you guys. Uh, just us. They 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 knew what we were doing. They just approved it afterwards. So they kind of they pushed took people out. They only took in there who they needed to have in there. Okay. Privileged viewing. Privileged viewing. There you have it pay-per-view yeah. if you will <laughs> i was being a pro man it was one of the sounds like I'm, I'm in a big movie scene you know i should have charged them more for for the nudity not only fans only only matitude followers yes that was that was all it was at the time only mfers only mfers <laughs> matitude followers that is so eventually you make weight you make weight and it sets you up on a collision course with billy kidman at No Way Out 2003, which we're going to watch in a second here. I do want to ask you, though, there was a note from the Wrestling Observer newsletter mm -hmm. at the time that said Rhino was actually going to be positioned as your bodyguard. So Shannon was going to be your follower and Rhino was going to be your bodyguard as part of this revamped V1 character. And eventually it didn't work out because Rhino got dragged somewhere else due to some of the moving pieces. But is that mad fact or mad fiction? I have never heard of that, so I have to deem that as Matt fiction. What would you have thought about that? I, I kind of like the idea of you having. No, no, I, 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 I would have been up for it if if that was something that was 
doable that we could have done. Yeah, I would have loved that. I, I wanted to have more guys. You know, we eventually got Crash for a little while afterwards. But yeah, I, I would have loved to have had a whole band of underlings. I feel like I'm at my best when I have a whole band of underlings. Well, yeah, but also when around. you're a chicken shit heel character, having a bodyguard is a good idea, right? Of course, like, of course so. Like, I mean, he, he he added a lot to uh, Christian and Edge, you know, when he was in there with them, for sure. Especially because these are cruiserweights, so they're some of them are smaller guys. So yeah, and it, and it, it makes you it makes you much more dangerous as well. Having yeah. someone that is a bodyguard like that, having someone that's a heater, having someone that they can destroy these cruiserweight opponents. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I would have totally been up for it, but like that was that's uh, something that I never heard of that was never pitched to me. So like that. It, if that was suggested somewhere, it was in a creative meeting that I was never privy to. It never made it to you. It never made it to me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, well, Matt, let's, uh, let's, let's do this. Let's get down to business here. And I think it's time to watch this match. No way out. 2003. Okay. Here we go. We are just around the corner from AW Revolution. It's one of the hottest tickets in town, and there's no better way to guarantee that you're going to get inside than by using the Game Time app. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event, and whether it's wrestling, sports, music, comedy, theater, whatever it may be, Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. With with Sting in the main event, his final match of his career, you're going to want to be there in Greensboro. By the way, that's hardy country if you haven't heard. And Game Time's going to help you get there. Download the app now, use promo code Hardy, and get $20 off your first purchase. Not sure where to sit? Game Time has view from my seat applications where you can see exactly what your view is going to look like. With zone deals on Game Time, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats. And you're going to get big time savings in the process. And the game time guarantee means you're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code Hardy for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Hardy, H-A-R-D-Y, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Okay, we're about to watch this match. For those of you who are joining us via Peacock, you can queue up the cock and uh, head on Keep over to cock. No Way Out 2003 between Matt Hardy and Billy Kidman. This is the third match on the main card. Your brother actually, by the way, opened this show uh, with a match against Chris Jericho. Yeah. But uh, it is the third match on the show. It is you with Shannon Moore against Billy Kidman. And we are starting right from when you guys are about to lock up. And I got slapped uh, by my brother just uh, before going yes. out to the ring here. There was a backstage confrontation. Yes. Um, that's what he probably wouldn't have lost. He had a little more matitude. Mm. I, they were definitely looking to get more out of you and your brother. And unfortunately, at this time, we just never got that. Yeah. All right. Let's do it in four, three, two, one. Oh, no. All right. Big, powerful lockup. Uh, what do you think of Billy Kidman, man? I mean, he's someone who I don't think has ever come up on this show before. Uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed working with Billy. I, I liked him from the moment I met him. I, I liked the stuff he did in WCW, you know, before he came over to WWE. And uh, I, I enjoyed working with him a lot. He uh, he always, he was, he was one of those guys that took that great looking twist of fate where he like drove his face down into the mat like head first. 
and he, he could always do it really safe. Yeah, I, I enjoyed working with him. He was always a pleasure to work with and uh, just, just a lot of fun. Creative guy, good worker. I like we're seeing you doing some muscle man poses. You did a jumping jack before. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm showing off how great of a shape I'm in, right? I've worked yeah. so, so hard, so tremendously hard to like diet down to 205 and I'm in the best shape of my life. So yes, I can do more jumping jacks. I'm jacked, whatever. And now he's turning it around, giving it all back to me. I feel like these matches are probably a welcome return to form for you. These cruiserweight style bouts are what you made your name off of in Omega and now you're getting a chance right. to do some of this athletic stuff in WWE. Did you take that as, as a welcomed opportunity? No, I did. I mean, I, I, I really knew I was going to enjoy the opponents I, I was working with at this time, for sure. So I knew I knew it led to, to good matches. I, I knew it led to uh, the opportunity to have good matches, I should say. And yeah, I, uh, I was a big fan of, of Kidman, big fan of Ray, obviously. Ray is one of my favorite people to ever work with in and, and all of my wrestling career. So I, I knew this was going to be a fun little run, so I really tried to make the most of it. So here you are. We're in the heat right now, pretty quickly into the heat. Yeah, just jumping on them already, and it's like uh, it, it's still standard, especially during this time. This is when I really started kind of uh, focusing focusing in on this, like really trying to like work over the neck, you know, because the neck is what my finishing move. Uh, damages more than anything else. So I would like try and damage my opponent's neck and his windpipe and his whole area, you know, between uh, his shoulders and his head. Did anyone impart that on you or is that something you just started to work into your arsenal? I mean, I, I think I started working in my arsenal after just after working with Michael for a while, just, you know, one, once again, it just improved my psychology and like a story in the match about like, if you're going to beat someone with your finish, you would want to, you would want to wear them down. You would want to work over a body part and then like damage that party body part, especially the body part, your finish hurts. Really quick match here. I mean, you guys are not wasting any time. Yeah. It was moving once again, neck breaker. You'll see most everything I do is like focused onto his neck, his neck area, those upper vertebrae. Referee Jimmy Corderas here. Yeah. Jimmy K, Jimmy Corderas. You big Jimmy K guy? I, I like Jimmy. I like Jimmy a lot. A lot of times whenever uh, I, I put up those posts of like, you know, X amount of years ago today, he says the net, if Jimmy's the referee and I notice it, I'll try and add him in it because he always likes those. He'll always give me he'll give me an old retweet. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy's good. I, I like Jimmy. Him and your pal Brian Hebner, another big V1 mark, do their Reffing It Up podcast that is about to reach a hundred episodes. Congrats to them. They do, yeah. Congrats to them. They might have a little surprise for me from me at some point. Oh, okay. They might. Yeah, yeah. You are going right after the neck here. Yeah. I have a very uh, a very focused game plan. You know, take out his neck, weaken his neck, so that whenever you strike him with your twist of fate, it it's there for the maximum the maximum damage. Now you're hanging him up in the ropes too, stretching him out. This is this is good heel work from you here, man. I'm like you're totally leading, and you're not. There, there's no wasted movement from you here, which is pretty impressive because. You're, you're not given a lot of time for a match like this. So you really do have to make the most out of each second you got. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you really do, especially when, when you're trying to tell some sort of 
story with like some details or layers, whatever story it is. And like, obviously the story I'm trying to tell in this match is that now I've gotten myself in the best shape of my career. Uh, I'm highly focused and I'm going to go out here and I'm going to, I'm going to show this cruiserweight why I should be the cruiserweight champion. And on top of that, you just see that I'm trying to damage his neck. I'm trying to, to, to put in all the work to make sure that whenever I hit him with, hit him with my finish, that it's over. You know, that's kind of the story we're telling. Even like both holds, you know, it's to that area, this upper vertebra. Somewhat, I would assume there's kind of like a hope spot trying, Billy Kidman trying to will the crowd into it here. Yeah. I mean, once again, like, like you said, we were moving uh, uh, in your drawer. They're in, in your drawer, your regular drawer. Now, oh, there we go. The old uh, back suplex where I turn and uh, drop an elbow on. But you were saying about uh, the that hope spot there and how you're trying to get into that real quick. Yeah, just because we had been moving very quick. And it's one of those things like uh, hope spots are important. Like uh, I, I feel like that was a great opportunity to allow the crowd to catch their breath because we had been moving so fast. And like, go, oh, yeah, okay. All right. Okay, let's go. Kid man, kid man, kid that, man. That was a really unique double down we just saw right there. Yeah, so so you're going after his leg and he just hops right up. He like kips up into it into an enziguri and then he we does. Get into I, a, a I, I pick down. up I, I noticed that when I watched that a little earlier. Like I pick up one leg like I'm about to do a single leg crab and he does a kip up and he does the enziguri. That was one of his spots, one yeah. of his specialties, and he 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 gave it up for our match. A very cool spot. Yeah. Now we're into the comeback here. That big power move from Billy Kidman. There we go. Is that, is that the lowdown? Is that what that is? Mm -hmm. They always there's an old saying. Uh, yeah. That Billy Kidman's the greatest overachiever in wrestling because he nabbed Tori Wilson for a period of time. There you <laughs> have it. That middle rope leg drop. There you have it. I nabbed something from him for a period of time during this match. That's right. That cruiserweight title. That's right. To make it prestigious. Classic Matt Hardy here, gearing mm. up for the twist of fate. Just before, just before the delete was uh was created, the delete uh, Kid, Kidman has one of the best drop kicks ever in wrestling. He does. Yeah, the no lies detected. He a good backstage mind. I know he's done a lot of backstage work. Yeah, I mean, he whenever we had came back there, he sat at the table and kind of did the times more than anything else. Uh, so he, he wasn't as much of an agent or producer. I'm not sure what his role is now, but but like from uh, 2017 to 2020, he he did the majority of the the timekeeping for TV, which is a big role, right? To keep times for TV, it's important. Here's the MFR. Mm-hmm. We'll sacrifice him. So that uh, I, 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 I'll never forget that. That was a Michael Hayes idea, and that was great. He said, "Well, I mean, you look at it like this. I mean, this guy's like your minion, right? You don't give a shit about him. Like, if you can push Billy Kidman into him and it knocks him off, you don't care. Whatever, you're just trying to win the match. He, he's a guy you don't give a shit about. You're taking advantage of. So, oh, what a great way to look at it. But it <laughs> it, it, it fits perfectly for storytelling, though. Oh, that was a great spot right there. Yeah. Kick Shannon off right into a bulldog. Here we go. Drag him over for the shooting star. Billy, oh, please miss. don't break my nose. Shooting star me. presses in wrestling history. Funny yes. miss. They're, they're going to skip jujitsu today because I, I have to take Evie. 
Missed it. Twist of fate. One. One. Two. They're going to escape Jesus. There it is. No. Kicks out. Kicks out. And you can't believe it. Oh, no. He kicked out of the twist of fate. I am shocked. You're right. Was that intended? Was that supposed to happen? Yes, that was that was meant to happen. It was going to make up. him look strong in defeat. I was going to say, giving up your finisher there. Yes. So now, so now you try to go for an avalanche one, sets you right in position for a uh, a shooting star. Shannon finally comes in use. And now we get an avalanche twist of fame. One, two, bam. Matt Hardy. We got it. And we win. I like that expression. That expression right there says that, uh, seeing you guys thought I was going to be lost without Jeff, I'm going to do all right. There you are. You are the cruiserweight champion of the world. Indeed. Matt Hardy V1 and his MF or get it done. You don't give a shit about Shannon. Yeah, you don't give a shit about him. You utilize him. You're taking advantage of him. So how do you feel watching it back? Uh, I, I enjoy it. I I, it, I was proud of the match. Uh, I, I thought it was good. I, I enjoyed the storytelling and the character work I was doing at that time. And I knew this was going to lead to me versus Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania. Uh, in a singles match, and and I, I was I was pumped. I was I was really really hyped to uh, to be going into a thing with Rey Mysterio, who's one of my favorite people on earth, one of my favorite opponents ever. So yeah, it was it was a good time in the career of Matt Hardy, no doubt. Was the reaction backstage positive to all this execution? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we 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 hit a homer. Everybody uh, everybody liked whatever we did, and we came back. And uh, from that point on, it was a. Uh, Onto the road to WrestleMania, WrestleMania 19, where I, I would like to add, I still am undefeated as a singles wrestler at WrestleMania. That is true. That is <laughs> mad fact. That is absolutely mad fact. No doubt about it. Good stuff, man. This was a fun period of time to look back on in your career. And you know, V1's very near and dear to a lot of wrestling fans' Indeed. hearts. So uh, this is kind of the crowning moment for V1. And then getting into WrestleMania and getting that win there, those two together are truly two of your career highlights and we will cover that wrestlemania match at some point i promise you that uh but right now i want to tell everyone you can get on board with us here advertise with hardy.com promote your business to the extreme get it out in front of thousands of listeners and viewers every single week advertise with hardy.com and don't forget we are coming to philadelphia for two live shows we are headed to the sharon philadelphia downtown at wrestlecon for the extreme life of matt hardy live 4 p.m eastern friday april 5th get your tickets now 25 dollars for general admission at matthardylive.com. And then afterwards, we are going to be headed to the world-famous Monster Factory, where we will be doing a private showing for people in the wrestling industry, including Monster Factory students. Tickets for that, if you are a wrestling industry member, wrestler, commentator, promoter, manager, whatever you may be, trainee, $15, John Alba SFC at gmail.com is where you can inquire mm -hmm. about that already as we were taping this i got two emails about it so oh, there's some, cool. some interest there matt hardy anything else you want to add here um it, it's going to be an exciting 
weekend at WrestleMania. I'm really looking forward to it. We're doing three days of WrestleCon, three days of signing with myself and Jeff, uh, and then two podcasts on one day. We're doing a triple shot on Friday. It's going to be amazing. I'm very much looking forward to the WrestleCon show, very much looking forward to the Monster Factory seminar, which is going to turn into a podcast and will live in infamy, uh, will live in infamy after that. So it is going to be a very fun weekend. And if you are in that area, if you are there, WrestleMania weekend, don't miss out. We are giving the most affordable tickets we can. $25 for the Russell Concho, and it's only $15 if you're in the industry to come out to the Monster Factory. We're doing the best deals possible. The words have been spoken. We'll see you next time right here on The Extreme Life. I'm Matt Hardy. Delete!